0: Welcome to Movie Left, a Move Left Idiots podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, uh, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I'm
1: still fighting a cold from last week. Uh, drinking doesn't really help, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm also <laughs> trying to be healthy with tea and orange juice and all that kind of shit, so uh, a little under the weather here. I'm going to try to fight through it. We haven't done a movie review for a while, so I'm a little excited uh, to do that. We did our... Um, Two concurrent TV shows, and then I think we kind of got burnt out on reviewing uh, pop culture. So we are back live from Madison, Wisconsin. Now uh-huh. uh, I'm doing good. I had a uh, man. I I had a day yesterday. I was um, there's nowhere to find like food all in one place ever, you know, you always gotta like go around to like eight different groceries, you don't have to, but I do, because I just, I'm really fucking picky with uh, with what I eat. And yeah, and no, I do that too. Sure enough, uh, it, and then it's like, some, t- some shit's like so expensive that you can find it for, you know, super cheap, right, but you don't know until yeah. you go there, and it's like, do I really want to make another fucking, you know, there's a bike everywhere, right, so I want to ride all the way across town to like chance it that, they might have this one thing that's marked <laughs> half off, right? Yeah. Um, and sure enough, I swear, every time I you go go anywhere in this fucking city uh, where there is a bike lane, if you're lucky, uh, the bike lane is, I mean, if you're lucky that there is a bike lane, not the next part. But the next part is always that there's somebody from Uber or Lyft or an Amazon delivery truck parked in the bike lane. <laughs> every fucking, every other block, it seems like. So I, I'm kind of, I'm getting to the point where, like, I don't, like, I'm just sick of it, right? Like, it's not your fucking personal parking space, Right. And every time they're there, then it's like, "Well, now I got to merge into the, you know, traffic lane with with other cars that aren't expecting you to, you know, suddenly leave the bike lane and be in front of them." Um, so yeah, it's 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 it puts your life at risk a little bit. And uh, so now I'm just to the point where anytime they're parked like that, I'll just fucking s- like slap their, you know, flip their side mirror, you know, because they flip both mm-hmm. ways, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Man, I got this the Amazon driver got fucking irate, and he jumps out of the, the the fucking Amazon van, and he starts screaming at me from, like, half a block away, motherfucker, touch my fucking... It's like, it's not even your truck, so don't even fucking give me that shit. Uh, and he's just, like, shouting at me, like, I did something wrong to him. Like, literally, like, I, I tapped his his fucking car, right? And he's yeah. freaking out after completely blocking the bike lane. So, you know, that that's... Uh, uh clearly on par with the the level of fascism uh that we're gonna be talking about today on this podcast. So yes. I just wanna
0: kinda, you know segue into that somehow. The horrors of Nazi Germany and people parking in bike lanes, definitely the same list. Seriously. Place. No, but it it is a dickhead move. It's the equivalent of like you parking your bike in the middle of like the road. Like 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 if you left your bike like in the middle of the road like Yeah. In yeah. traffic, like, for well, no reason. I mean, anytime time like, you're
1: double parked, you're double parked.
0: Right? No, yeah, if you double park, you're an asshole, no matter right. where you're double parked. Like, you're but a especially if asshole. it's like, it's, you know,
1: it's not as though there's a bike lane everywhere. You know? It's not as it's if there's like- two bike lanes either. <laughs> like, there's one lane. Right.
0: You, can't, you can't merge to the next bike lane.
1: Right, well, and that's also the other dangerous. danger. It's, it's, it's one thing if you're just, like, biking down the street and the cars see you and you're there. It's another thing if, like, suddenly you have to veer into the other lane and people aren't expecting it right mm-hmm. and and you might you know see someone on a bike but you don't realize that they're about to have to swerve because someone's blocking their lane you know not not everyone is aware of of everyone else's change of direction suddenly yeah so, for sure so yeah it's super dangerous um you know especially in a really fucking dense city where you've just got fucking people going every different goddamn direction and you know it's uh it's also another little segue into this is it's it's great to have a period film like this where you get to see what streets used to look like before it was nonstop cars everywhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know the, the film George Rabbit*. Obviously, we're going to review here takes place in in mostly in Berlin, uh, World War II, and you get to see you know there's a lot of street life. That, Forty-five,
0: presumably, based yeah, on the There's like, cr- chron- still like.
1: Uh, you know, people riding bicycles everywhere, uh, people walking in the street because that's what we did for thousands of years. Uh, You know, uh, obviously a few tanks and then, but there's still like, you know, uh, horse, like uh, horse carts roaming around the streets too. So,
0: you know, yeah, so we are, uh, as you mentioned, uh, reviewing the 2019 uh, Oscar-winning film Jojo Rabbit, won an uh, Oscar recently for best adapted screenplay. Uh, and Tebowitini took his time on the Oscar stage to complain about the Apple keyboards uh, being really shitty for typing scripts, which I wholeheartedly cosign. I, uh, I yeah, I agree with him. They got to, they got to work on these fucking things. They're horrible.
1: Did he specify
0: uh, that in what way? Because I, I. Always had the, Max,
1: and I don't know what it is he's referring th-
0: to. They're that. just not as condu- not as ergonomically conducive to typing, like screen, like just really typing a long ass fucking like document. Huh. I I I, I, fi- I agree a little bit. I mean, it, they're just the, the keys are really are really thin, you know, on Mac as you know on Max. Yeah, versus like a. I think he's used to typing on an almost kind of like a key, like a um, typewriter type keyboard, or like you see like the old kind of Windows keyboards. Yeah. Which they're a little easier to kind of, you know, but whatever. I mean, it's, you know, first world problems, obviously. But um, (laughs) clearly. But uh, no, but yeah, this, I mean, this film was phenomenal. I I just watched it recently for the first time. It, um, you know, just came out, I think, on on VOD, Video on Demand. And uh, yeah, I I mean, just, I I think I said to you when I, after I finished watching it, that was incredible. Like, I I just, it, it, it it had such a, I mean, you know, number one, it's just, hilarious just just like gut-bustingly funny at at nearly every moment you know other than obviously a couple of very serious moments but um as as you do in movies about uh you know nazi germany but it it, when i going into it like I, i i'm never one to to tone police like comedy or anything like that i'm never like oh that's that's off limit like it needs to be done right, though. Like you, 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 you say this premise to somebody on the street, like, "Hey, I'm going to make a comedy about a kid in the Hitler Youth whose whose imaginary friend is Adolf Hitler, and it's going to be basically a story of him and and uh, this Jewish girl that's living in his attic. It's like, oh, that could go horribly wrong. Uh, if if not in the right hands, like the right writer and director. and Right. See, so that's the thing I would hear, and I'd be like,
1: immediately, like, yeah, I need, I want you to make that, but don't have the imaginary friend, because that's just a, a way to soften it, you know? Like, it kind of sanitizes things a little bit, because you can do anything you want. Because it makes with it farcical, or...
0: Yeah. A, a little bit, a little bit. Fantasy, kind
1: of, yeah. Th- yeah, that, but that being said, though, this is still a really edgy, subversive film. You know, Extremely. There, there yeah.
0: are... And not
1: even the stuff with Hitler, necessarily. stuff with Hitler is kind of like... You know, it's it's, it's there. peripheral a, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, just some of this. One of the things I love is is you know we've gotten so used to um, you know this this nostalgic virgin, version <laughs> version of childhood uh, through thing, like the way that you know Stranger Things has presented us with a version of our our uh, childhood. Upper lives <laughs> no, <sorry>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Jack and a jar is going to be in the fucking new thing as a anyway. Uh, stoked about that, but it's a very sanitized version of childhood, right? And I loved it in this movie, kids act the way kids really act. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's obviously it's written by an adult, but it's still it's like an adult who's very connected to his own childhood. Uh, still, you know, like the the, the just absolute yeah. absolute cruel nature that of, of kids, where they can you know taunt each other to to, to kill an animal for fun. You know, it's just to, as a way to bully one kid, and a, as a way to feel more powerful, that that's so red as. Red. But enough about Pete Buttigieg, right? <laughs> yeah. Um but and then also at the same time, no. how kids can be extremely empathetic too. You know, you've got in one moment um, a kid saying he wants to, you know, do anything to to capture a Jew. Uh, and turn it over to, to to Hitler to pick up his best friend and his other his real life best friend his only friend is like what about me He's like oh yeah well <laughs> unless you're hiding Hitler inside your you know doughy boy body you know, <laughs> you're just it's, it's like he he feels bad for his friend but also like gets a fucking you know insult in there too and it's like mm-hmm. and that's just one little moment it's out of a whole fucking sequence out of a whole fucking movie where every you know it, it's it, there's not many movies that I laugh at, like really fucking laugh at you know it's hard mm-hmm. to make a joke land every few minutes, let alone every single line of dialogue is a joke that fucking lands I mean the whole just the fucking sam Rockwell, his whole uh speech oh, he's show, so tr- is so fucking good so good
0: so so good <laughs> i mean he, I love he's one of my favorite actors. I think he's such an underrated oh. actor, but He's so good in this fucking movie. He's, he's and so his character arc so interesting, too, where you realize it, it that he is. was really, it like, is. working with the... You know, he was clearly, like, a member of this this kind of resistance for, for at least some period of time, we realize, you know, by the end of the movie, but... Um, yeah, well, his
1: heart's not in the war, uh, and he, but he's still kind of, like, you know feels shitty that he's got he's like fucked up enough that he's down to this level <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the way you would in like any hierarchy of administration even if you're not in you know with all the hatred and everything
0: it just the whole spiel he's, he's babysitting the fucking boy scouts yeah
1: yeah and then like the whole just like the, the detail of what all the boys are going to do and then what all the girls <laughs> are going to do and they're kind of like okay, this is awkward. And then Rebel Wilson with her great line, she's like, I've had 18 children for the Reich. And she's like, i just saying a gesture like, look at me. <laughs> like, look how great, look how great shape I'm in after. <laughs> I, I, she fucking got, uh, Cl- Rebel Wilson got some of the funniest fucking moments in that she's movie. She's really good in this movie. Which is saying something that on top of everything, you're still just like, on like there's a, there's a, you know a, a premise happening that's funny and then she kind of just like wanders into it and takes it to like another level like she's constantly trying to give away that fucking Luger that fucking gun <laughs> she's like <laughs> I like, can't get it up get anyone to take it and until the very end she finally gets fucking Ralphie to take, what is his name uh, uh, I got it wrong
0: I, I um, can't remember his name the, the, his fat friend yeah yeah, he, yeah, fi- yeah. she
1: finally gets him to take it <laughs> and you're like, it's like a she's like okay now that I've that's that that was my arc was getting that a, a
0: child to take this gun and now my character arcs over so I get blown up (laughs) yep yeah no just incredible so yeah i mean i don't even know where to start i mean so uh, you know and 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 this is gonna be a definitely a mostly positive uh, podcast but i i can't help but like get annoyed by the kind of the the almost like kind of woke scolding nature of some of the reviews of this movie because this movie got mostly really positive reviews and it was obviously well received enough to win an oscar Um, but there were still a lot of like, oh, well, you shouldn't joke about this. This isn't funny. This is this. And again, like I said, in, in incompetent hands, this could be a disaster. And I totally agree with that. But after seeing that film, I don't know how anyone could say that, you know, like, uh, Taika actually talked that the director uh, talked about this, Taika Waititi talked about this. And he said, basically, um, this is from an uh, IndieWire article, uh, with, uh, Yeah, Watiti answers, uh, when asked if backlash to the film would have been more muted if he went by Taika Cohen and more people knew he was Jewish. Uh, They did a press screening with a lot of Jewish press, and a lot of the comments were, I wish we'd known that he was Jewish before we watched the movie. Um, Because Watiti is of of part Jewish heritage, his uh, his grandfather (laughs) was Jewish. But, I mean, at the same time, it's like that... I, that seems like such a ridiculous no, like it shouldn't matter it shouldn't no, matter it's like it, it, did it treat you know the material is the material like treating the situation respectfully is it the 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 target of all of the jokes in this movie are the nazis like it it's it's makes fun of them in multiple different ways like this is not in any way you know uh, justifying anything they did or humanizing them uh, right. you know other than to make them kind of farcical and characters a, or to
1: it's not a comedic portrayal of
0: the of the fucking death camps it's not there no it's yeah, not even God, really God, about that really fucking but even like a movie like life is beautiful which this movie actually i think is similar to in a lot of ways it shows you can do that right if you treat the material sure you know respectfully and it's it it, it I think that movie got a similar backlash, but it's like, that movie's well, fucking I beautiful. I am excited like,
1: to learn that uh, you know everyone thought, well, he did Thor, which made a billion dollars, so of course he can do whatever he wants now. I was excited to find out, this actually got greenlit by Fox Searchlight before he did Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah it's So based uh, based purely on on how good his comedy was, it was mostly from what we do in Shadows that yeah. Fox Searchlight so was interested funny. in. Um, but they were like, we only want you to... to do this if you play Hitler, which he didn't, he didn't want to do. And they were like, we don't feel like it works any other way. And you'll be the only person who knows how to play it in yeah. a way that we don't have to, you know, worry about that part of it. <laughs> and of course, he looks nothing like Hitler. And you don't need him to. That's not the point. Um, but I love that, you know, and, and this is going to get into my whole thesis of of why this film is so important. In uh, what he did with it was, was not to do a, 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 a mockery of Hitler, right? And that's the big difference between what you know, say, Saturday Night Live does uh, is is a mockery versus what satire does, which is um, you know essentially a, a moral a moralizing of an immoral world, right? So mm-hmm. you know, and and it's also the fact that you know this this is a ten year old boy who's imagining Hitler right and his imagination is is whatever he wants hitler to be now uh it'd be really easy to have hitler be just this this angry uh, abusive person the whole time but we don't we don't see him as that he's actually very supportive of of, of jojo uh up until the
0: very end when yeah.
1: when everything's unraveling then he turns into kind of like the more abusive <laughs> when jojo angry, understands
0: the real person that that hitler like understands hitler for who he really is when he hears about yeah, or, you know the or, way he, Exactly, or, or at least by proxy,
1: seeing you know what the what the Gestapo was doing and and yeah. uh, terrorizing his friends and family, yeah. um, and realizing like that's you know this is all every you know. this is all
0: bullshit, right,
1: right. But yeah, the very yeah. beginning of it is just like when he's being made fun of by the other kids uh, and these older adolescent boys. You know, his Hitler imaginary friend is like, who cares what they call you? People call me all sorts of things They're like, oh, there's psychos going to get us killed. And, and he like does a hand gesture, and like almost like, and see, I turned out fine. And I love that fucking joke because it reads three ways. It's because he's talking about it in the past tense. So it's like, is, is he talking about his own adolescence? And People said I was going to turn out crazy and I didn't. Or is he saying it in the sense of like, my general said I'm going to get everyone killed and look and, and that didn't happen. Of course, it's happening all around them. Or is he talking about himself in a historical third person
0: being already dead? Yeah, it, it works in, in those ways. It's almost kind of a, a slight like fourth wall break because it's like, yes, you know, the kid exactly. wouldn't think that, but it's just so fucking funny like for him to right. say. Right, and, and to write it in such a way that it reads that way, yeah. read
1: three different ways you could take it, uh, and, and then still, just like the like the the, the overconfidence that's there. Um, at the same time, that he's trying to be generally supportive of this of this boy whose feelings are hurt. You know, the, the, it's doing all of those things at the same time, and it's like this is fucking brilliant. This is genius level writing to to do all that. Uh, and
0: I mean, they hype him up with the highlight, like, like they just go like like hypes him up like to like a oh yeah eat, at, like, the, at the very beginning just, yeah. yeah. And, and I love that they there's definitely
1: moments where they. Uh, Break the fourth wall in other ways, where they use like like common vernacular, you know. Mm-hmm. Where he's trying to get him to like, "Hell, he's like, come on, just throw it away." <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> like nobody would say those words. Yeah, back no, then, but now nineteen forties Germany. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean Tyke I think is is incredible in this role in the very limited. You know, he's probably only in the movie for five To 10 minutes total, um, but but it's just he makes the most of his thought, like I, the what where he's trying to you know encourage Jojo after he runs away from the uh from the from the the the, the teenagers, you know, the the, the, They're bullies. the, the, the little, bullies, the little Pete Buttigiegs running the uh Hitler Youth uh summer camp, um, <laughs> and he and he psychs him back up as he's running back with him. The shit Taika does like physically is so funny in that scene, just. <laughs> where he's running with him, and he's like dancing, oh, like he's so fucking good in that. And, scene. and and to
1: know to like you know shoot it slow motion too, so you can really appreciate all just the mm-hmm. the bizarre surrealness of it all,
0: and, and the great little touch where he runs away when the grenade, like you know, because it's like well no, he's really a dickhead. He doesn't care about you, <laughs> like if it, you know, it's just... right?
1: Well, that's the first glimpse you get uh-huh. that he yeah. that he's just he's sort of he's still a coward, right? Uh-huh. Um, that was something I definitely noticed, but yeah. Uh, but I I love that it's also, you know, because we just saw the scene where they're like the montage of them just being fucking little bastards, you know, uh, just beating, beating each other up, um, you know, burning all the books, uh, you know, learning all the just completely ridiculous Let's things. Let's all
0: burn some books. <laughs> right,
1: cheer. right. <laughs> Great use yeah. of a Tom Waits song there, too. I don't want to grow up. One of my favorites. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a
2: and then, but track, then the, the like, when
1: he, when he, uh, you know, when he's like, These are very important knives, don't stab each other. And fucking Elfie <laughs> from Game of Thrones, is like, No stabbing, that's right, <laughs> no stabbing. Uh, and then he fucking throws it and it ricochets off the tree and gets stuck in the kid's leg. I, the theater I was in, fucking gut laughed at that. That's and I was so like, good. good, this is seeing children get hurt not like mocking them for being hurt, <laughs> but just the, the, the fucking love of like, of course the first thing they did was stab each other on accident. Of just, course just great that's physical what happened. Comedy in this <laughs> <one>. <laughs> it's just, that's exactly <laughs> what, and then of course to, to, then like see that happen again with the grenade it ricochets off the tree. It's like, of course, <laughs> of
0: course you knew that was something was going to happen like that. Yeah. Well, and so, um, <laughs> and then just that immediately after Sam Rockwell, don't do that. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and this movie in a lot of ways has an old school comedy feel to it. Like, it, and I think the uh, Mel Brooks comparisons are pretty apt because, yeah. you know, his best movies were satires that were fucking hilarious, but really uh, shown a light back on society, to, you know, looked at racism, looked at, you know, even like the producers, you know, dealt a lot with uh, Nazi German. And like, he's always <clears throat> been able to kind of. Do that and pull that off, and I like even you look at his, uh, you know the producers, which is his first film, and he got the Oscar for that, and people were like really furious that he got an Oscar for that movie. He said like he got confronted in the movie theater by some guy who was like I I fought in World War II, and you what you're doing is hard. Like he he dealt with a lot of the same shit, but and but and by the way, Mel Brooks also fought in World War II. Actually, uh, w- was was you know on the front lines in World War II. So he he it's he it, he does stuff like that from a place of. Trying to under you know using comedy to understand history's atrocities and you know uh, d- take some of the power I think away from from the worst you know the worst people and the worst kind of acts in in, in modern history is, is like you know what he's done. Right. Well, a lot that's that's with his... what the purpose of satire is. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, uh, a
1: great example you mentioned SNL. You know, when Alec Baldwin yeah. impersonates Donald Trump, it's not satire; it's just mockery.
0: Right, it's, it's it's almost a petty impersonal. Like it, it's just right. not funny. It's not like well, it's not. It's good. It's, I mean,
1: it's, sometimes it's funny. Usually, it's not funny. But the the purpose is not to you know hold a mirror up to society to to attack the powerful. It's purely mocking someone he doesn't like on a personal level. Yeah. Right. And Vers- and, yeah. and the difference there is huge because satire is dangerous. Satire is a weapon against people that are powerful that can't stand. To have their authority undermined, right? And and that's and that's the big difference there. You know, Uh, great example of satires, Doctor Strangelove, uh, hundred percent, yeah. You know, and that was considered to be a dark comedy at the time. Now we look at it; it's probably not quite as dark as as it was then. But that was nineteen sixty-two, right? Another great example. And I was trying to like rack my brains for like different examples of what really the difference is uh based on what the what the message is and who, who the target is is uh in Game of Thrones when uh Aria goes to Bravos while she 's there there's this theater troupe that 's basically acting out the events uh that she had lived through right and this is obviously wedding, yeah. Uh, yeah just just the kind of the whole thing and it's it 's very much uh, mockery <clears throat> of you know these these people and events that that she witnessed right and she likes it because it 's mocking people she doesn't like. Right, but ultimately, mm-hmm. it's it's not really satire because it's not looking at the entire institution uh, as being corrupt necessarily. Now, this is yeah. not in the same kingdom. We we assume that if this was being done in Westeros instead of uh, you know Essos, that it it would not be allowed either, right? Yeah, but no, it, no, but it's would, still just mocking controlled. them without being satire. Now, um, <clears throat> when King Joffrey is is uh, become a, a king, very new. King, uh, he has a uh, a bard invited to play a lute in you know in his in his chambers in his in his hall in front of everybody, uh, and this guy apparently felt free to do some real satire, uh, and it was very mild satire. It was only you know pointing out the the irony of the uh, circumstances that allowed him to become the king. But in telling that truth that was so dangerous that he said, well, I'm going to cut off your tongue or your hands, you get to pick which. <laughs> so <laughs> you you see that there are people and institutions that cannot take any kind of truth-telling that undermines their authority. And that is what really good satire always has to do. It has to do those things, or at least it has to attempt to do those things. When Hitler was rising to power, the New York Times wrote all these op-eds saying, well, he's not really dangerous, and uh, you know you shouldn't you shouldn't make light of him he's, he's actually a decent person and he won't do all the terrible things he, he's claiming he's going to do he's not crazy like that you know and everyone said in retrospect that like well that's like yes he was and if people had ridiculed him more they basically were like oh it, he's
0: just using this demagoguery to get elected and he doesn't really believe in these things like the same shit they right. say about trump honestly which is again should be another Ooh, fucking warning bell, right
1: Right, well, and they asked um, Taika Waititi, you know, how can you find humor in the Nazis? And he's like, well, "Look at them; they're ridiculous." They're, they're you know? yes. It wasn't just like, "Oh, he's got these huge balloon pants." It's like it's the things they thought were ridiculous. Not not that they weren't dangerous, not that they weren't powerful, but their ideas were ridiculous. Uh, and I love how he scatters that throughout the film when when they come into that office where Sam Rockwell's been demoted to. And you could tell that like everyone else there is kind of like a reject mm-hmm. as well, uh, and and they're trying to like brainstorm what um you know JoJo can do as a job to keep busy, and <laughs> and then Rebel Wilson's like oh 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 we need someone to walk the clones, and you're just like to walk the clones, and it cuts over and there's like six blonde boys that are all cloned like apparently <laughs> were cloned. You know, of course, like, we know the Nazis weren't eugenics, and, like, that's a joke about that. Um, So the idea that they're trying to, like, perfect an even more pure Aryan creature... But clearly, in the joke, it's like the implication is like because they're clones, they fucked up somehow, and now they can't take care of themselves, and we have to like walk them like they're idiot dogs or something. (laughs) Like, and that's all of that is just sort of baked into one fucking single line. Again, yeah, or like, or the the
0: the books, you know, the book that JoJo's writing, like the just the preposterous you know ideas that they come up with for like what the Jews actually are and like what you know just.
1: Oh, he's got the devil tail, which is funny because it's true. And just so matter of fact,
0: like yeah, they, it's not even like they're like being fantastical; they're just very like you know clinically read off. Like, well, of course, everyone knows that that the, the Jews have you know long tails, so you know like the or uh, you know the whore. Like, it's just it's just really you know. Um, but you know, and actually, to your point about satire versus mockery. <clears throat> And SNL hasn't, you know, unfortunately, bar a few exceptions, hasn't been funny in in, in a decade plus. But um, the difference between satire and mockery is, you yeah, know, you look at Baldwin's Trump impersonation versus someone like Anthony Adamaniuk's impersonation. He's the Trump from the Trump versus Bernie debates. You know, the, the James Adomian and Bernie. Yeah. Uh, amazing Bernie and when they actually do their like d- kind of two man show where they do a debate it's fucking hilarious number 1 but uh Adamaniac he's not like a great Trump impersonator in terms of like vocally but he has his mannerisms perfectly and what he actually does with Trump is use Trump as a mirror back on the audience to to basically be like you people put me here like this is this is the shit like he it, it, he really Use he's super funny and he's super irreverent and uses the opportunity that he's playing Trump to say like heinous, horrendous things. But he also like uses that to kind of poke at like actual liberal insecurities. So I I think that that's really the difference in in just in if you want to just look at a Trump portrayal. If you've seen the Trump versus Bernie debates versus you know Alec Baldwin's one note Trump impersonation on SNL, I think that's a really good good way to put them side by side so, um, but yeah Uh, uh, so yeah, let's talk about Sam Rockwell's character because um, uh, yeah, like I said he's incredible in this movie Uh, interesting thing with him, and there's lots of little, you know, you mentioned to me there were little kind of uh, things uh, uh, you know, subtext to scenes and things that like, you know, you notice on on second viewing and I, I read a couple of little tidbits, but You know, it's obvious by the end of the movie that him and uh, um, Alfie Allen, fucking, uh, what's his face from Game of Thrones? Theon. Theon, are lovers. And in the final battle where you see (laughs) where Jojo, you know, like when the the allies are, are, you know, uh, invading, uh, Jojo sees Sam Rockwell and he's got this preposterous fucking outfit that he was designing, you know, this flowy cape with all these fucking you know like like it like, looks like he's like the captain of a marching band um also by the way he has like Johnny Depp eyeliner on i don't know if you saw that it's just really really funny oh yeah i noticed all those details well what so i love funny. about that um, the, the the humor but,
1: of it and I, I know what you're you're getting to yeah, but yeah. i love it like cuz throughout the course of of the of the movie he goes to sam rockwell for advice or for input and his character is kind of the one that's like you, you can clearly tell he has no problem with jewish people and does everything he can to discourage jojo from f- falling further into the down this well of hatred mm-hmm. right but he does inspire Subtly. him to like you know make this book and then when he comes back to show him what he's been working on you see that he's kind of you know like knows the they're going to be taken over very soon and he's doing his own drawing of this absurd costume <clears> he's going to <throat> make and you just wonder like is he going crazy you know <laughs> that he's also designing just this like cr- like doing this fanciful Illustrations, and then when you see it, realized you kind of it's kind of like no, he really knew like this was just the end, and they're probably all going to die anyway, so why not come out this way, right? Yeah. And, and just fucking like you know what, fuck it, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, and and, um, and then when they're firing their guns, they're not even like trying to kill anyone; they're just firing them off, just like fuck it, you know? Yeah, well. no, it looks
0: like he's <laughs> almost firing his his rifle in the air, like he's you know not even looking where he's shooting, just fucking yeah, um. Well, and then, you know, one of the things in that scene is he actually, his uniform had a bunch of pink triangles on it, kind of the inside right. of the cape, which uh, the Nazis used to make gay men in in, in Germany, or, you know, during the Holocaust, they would make uh, gay men wear those as patches, the same way they made uh, Jews wear the yellow uh, stars as patches, yeah. you know. Yeah, just, it, just the efforts to dehumanize people that that the Nazis undertook. Exactly, but. it's it's even
1: more sad when you learn how once those camps were liberated, uh, you know, everyone got to go home or go somewhere. They were let free, <clears throat> except for the homosexual men. They were still really, considered to be that. degenerates, and most of them were left in prisons for m- years longer. Some up until the 1970s, which is really By us. heartbreaking. Uh, by by the or, well you know, by you know, most of them were still you know in Germany but yeah by uh, by whoever obviously. released them though yeah right Russians and um, which was which was terrible because you know Berlin was a gay mecca for decades at a time when you know the rest of Europe even still was not that cool with it you know the it was a thriving liberal democracy for years before yeah. you know the fascists took yeah. over well I mean just you know the gay cabarets were famous. In Berlin, uh, mm-hmm. even during the war, there was there were some of them were still trying to operate essentially. But um, you know, and then a lot of you know, lot, the, the, so many of the things that uh, the Nazis were trying to persecute were things that were very much a part of Nazi culture too, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it's the, that that contradiction was very much baked into. Uh, I think the 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 idea of this character, where you know, yeah, he's he's a Nazi, but with the opening sequence when you, you've got the, the you know the Beatles song and all this footage of these rallies uh, of Hitler and everyone going crazy for Hitler looking very much like the, the footage of everyone going crazy for the Beatles, right? The idea is that it's mm-hmm.
0: like great these,
1: this was right. something that, that that swept over the whole country. Uh and whether you really were down with it or not, you had to be basically be a part of that. Right. And yeah. we understand that, especially with, with the character of Jojo, that he's you know, he didn't come up with all these ideas on his own. Uh, we're we we've seen this indoctrination that's been pushed on him. That's why we empathize with this kid, mm-hmm. and especially with with his mother, with Scarlett Johansson, the way she treats him, it it's really heartbreaking even to see that because, you know, of course, no mother would want to see their kid turn into a fascist by age ten.
0: No, she's like, I don't have to fucking do with this kid. Like, I I can't right. I, like right. it's right, and it's really her story in a lot of ways. I mean, that's and she's someone we haven't talked about much, but I mean, in a lot of ways, she's really the protagonist of this movie. Um, and, you know, Taiki even said, like, he, he really wanted this movie to be about single moms because his mom was a single mom and raised him. And he really, I think as an adult, he said when he had kids, he understood the kind of sacrifices she had to make, you know, raising him. Um, and I, I, I loved Scarlett's, uh, portrayal in this movie of the character and just like the, you know, the little intricacies. And obviously, you know, y- you kind of catch on early on that she's, uh, you know part of the resistance or but you know whatever whatever it's called in, in, in Nazi Germany the people actually trying to to, to fight the you know to, to help pro- protect the Jews during during this uh, time and mm-hmm. um, yeah I, but yeah I, I kind of realized right at the, the the first moment I realized was when she uh, when they're walking in the, in town and they see the bodies hanging and if you know the significance of that you know that they would hang um people that they considered, like Germans who they considered traitors. That was, that was like exclusively what, the, you know, people they would hang in, in town like that with the little and it you know, was, signs on them and shit. Yeah,
1: it, it was like, to be a traitor was, if you questioned anything
0: about yeah, what was yeah. happening,
1: you were a traitor. Uh, to, to hand out uh, pro-peace leaflets, that was execution the same day. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure you know who Sophie Scholl was. They executed her... Th- yeah, so she was just caught hanging out, uh, you know, anti-Nazi leaflets at a at a on a university campus, <clears throat> and they caught her and hanged her the same fucking day. Like that's how swift it was. So, uh, not not to spoil this movie, but you know, when you see them hanging there, that <laughs> was to to scare people, to scare their yeah. own citizens into being subservient, and and to say that you know this movie uh, you know makes light of all this stuff like that. W- when we see those people hanging there, and. You know, she she tells Jojo to, you know, don't look away. And he's like, well, what do they do? And she says, you know, the best they could. Or, the, you know, did the best they can. Yeah, yeah, Uh That's, yeah, no, she, that's she, at the very she beginning. She turns his head, like, says, right. no, don't, uh, that, don't look away. Right. So that's very early there in the film, too. That's not, like, way later when we think that all is fun and happy times, you know. Yeah. Uh, so they establish that <clears throat> the the punishment for a subversion is death, uh, and this regime is violent and awful, Right at the get go so even if you yeah. somehow didn't know what Nazis were, <laughs> you would understand yeah. <laughs> um, you know and, and it's such a great contrast too, because everything we've seen up to this point is is Berlin in these very rich, vivid colors you know buildings aren't you know bombed out yet uh, there's still these beautiful <laughs> pastel blues and yellows and pinks mm-hmm. and everything
0: you know which was which was true that's what Berlin really looks like yeah. Tycho said in the in the research for the film he he you know because every time you see nazi germany portrayed in films it's bleak and even you know even in like um inglorious bastards it, it, it well i mean that's mostly france but like anytime you see you know nazi germany on film it it, it it typically is very bleak and like you know gray and cobblestones but uh germany at that time berlin especially like you said was a very vibrant City still, it just happened to be yeah. under you know occupation by fascists. Oh, if Oof, you look you know. at the
1: color palette in Thor Ragnarok, it's the most colorful, vivid mm. Marvel movie there is. There's oranges and greens, and it's like just why? The posters and, yeah, yeah if you're going to shoot such a huge production, like why have it be so drab and like everything is desaturated, yellow and orange, dark and edgy, contrast, bro? You know, it's like just. <laughs> Hilarious. I gotta make I
0: gotta make my hero Ayn Rand proud, bro. I gotta <laughs> I gotta I gotta, I gotta fucking
1: So oh. yeah, I just
0: I'd love to see
1: that that sensibility of like, you know, not not a lot of comedic directors spend that much time obsessing over mm-hmm. uh the colors. Um I would say maybe Wes Anderson would come close, but his movies aren't really about anything the way that this movie's about something so i i i feel like looking <clears> at a lot of the shots in this reminded me of of some wes anderson framing yeah. except that this movie's you know just constantly making you feel things emotionally that wes anderson films don't
0: another movie this year i mean I was slightly off topic but once upon a time also really had a a, a nice vivid uh color palette but i think that was a, a deliberate choice to kind of invoke you know memories of the 60s for- sure for people but like but it it, it's things like that stand out in the movie i really do appreciate that level of detail you know in set dressing not just let it kind of blend into the background but have it actually be a character in and of itself um yeah but uh you know so uh scarlet's arc is really interesting and 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 the kind of you know uh you know, obviously, and, and you know, spoiler for people that haven't seen the movie, but I, you know, while you're listening to this, 40 minutes in, if you haven't seen the movie, <laughs> um, that the, you know, I had it spoil, and again, big spoiler for the movie, so tune out if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> um, but I had it spoiled for me that she fucking dies in this movie by some moron on T Y T the other day. Uh, I think it was actually on John Iderola's like podcast or whatever, and he had some guy on who was like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's great," but you know, and I, I was so shocked when Scarlet died. I'm like. The fucking movie is not even out on VOD yet. Like, what, how privileged it's not are you? Even,
1: it wasn't even a review show. It wasn't they, even a movie
0: no, show. No, they were talking so. about the Oscars, and I was like, oh, I could listen to this. Surely they won't spoil some movie that I haven't seen yet, uh, since most true. of these movies are not even available for fucking purchase or rent yet. They're only in theaters. Like... God, what a dickhead. But in any event, but so I, I was kind of pissed about that. So and you I was, knew what it
1: was coming up, though. You could tell but, where it
0: was going to happen. Well, no, I, so I was, well, I mean, I, I could tell by the end of the film based on the, what she was involved in that she would be killed by, you know, the Nazis, but I didn't expect it when it happened. Like when, when he totally. just literally bumps in there, you know, her her court, which is, and of course, you know, the. I knew there was some foreshadowing with the shoelaces, but like just such a heartbreaking scene where he. like. No, I could was, totally
1: tell it was coming up.
0: Yeah. Um, and I didn't know it was coming up, but I could tell it was
1: about to happen. Something was about to happen yeah. because we hadn't seen her for a long time in the movie yeah, and yeah. the color palette shifted to be extremely deep winter icy blue. Mm. Right. And yeah. also just the fact that like, he's sort of wandering following a, a butterfly and all the uh, like ambient audio is gone and it's it was purely music. And I'm like, they don't, they don't do that unless they're, you're about to walk into a fucking trap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and the framing on this butterfly—it's like very tight, and he's looking down at it, like he's totally tunnel vision on this little butterfly. Um, so yeah, and, and the, because the there've been so many shots of her scene. shoes, you knew that, like the from the framing of these people that have been hung before, focusing just on their shoes, uh, that they were gonna. I, I just, I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, <laughs> they're <laughs> yeah. doing it, and then I just fucking lost it. I started crying, um, and I actually was wondering how emotionally. You know, gut punchy that would be the second or third time I watched it, uh, and it still fucking hurts. I don't know if you watched yeah. it more than one time, but this movie has an amazing rewatch value because there are so many jokes that you you just can't remember them all, uh, or you don't even catch them the first time. And then the the emotional moments are just they're they're so well done. Uh, I know that Scarlett Johansson has said some very problematic things about a whole range of things from politics she's an idiot casting. like let's be real she's kind of yeah. an idiot but, but she's, she's an amazing she's the actress. highest paid uh, actress in the world because she could do does a really fucking good job at what yeah. she does
0: no, amazing actress fucking um, airhead in real life sometimes yeah, but, yeah. You know. well the, the scene where uh, you know he, the, the
1: Jojo's giving her shit and also attacking her essentially for being a single mother <laughs> yeah. uh, because his father is a wall, or is in the Italian resistance, or wherever
0: he is, we don't know if yeah. he's actually alive or dead. I
1: think they actually say later on that he's he is still alive.
0: Um, I don't know, but yeah, I don't know if we're supposed to. Be- yeah, I think it's it's who knows because well, when, when
1: they're when they after the after she gets killed, right, or hung, yeah, uh, by the Nazis, and he is commiserating with uh, Elsa, she sort of alludes to the, oh, like, she, yeah. that she knew or she's heard things about his father. And they may be reuni- or they're going to try to re- be reunited. He's going to come war.
0: back once the war's over. Like right. She says something like right. that, yeah.
1: But the scene where Scarlett Jansen kind of does the, like, snaps and turns into the father, you, you know, scares the hell out of the audience because she gets really loud and slams her fist on the table, which you're supposed to be scared by that. And then yeah. you kind of get this, she gets this look like you don't know if she. If that was th- controlled or not, or how controlled it was, right? As, you know, she's obviously acting. Uh, but it's, I, I,
0: that, that scene was so, con- like, not confusing to me, but it was so, like, interesting. I was really just trying to figure out what that character's actual intent was in that moment. Right. Like, if like if she really did, fu- like, yeah. That's, Slip that a little bit too far, to yeah.
1: Somebody was, some idiot was like, well, how could she have gotten the ash uh, on her face but not on her lips? I'm oh, like, Jesus Christ, what? come on. Are you Dude, fucking you kidding, kidding me? Really it's, <laughs> you just do this and then you do it and then okay anyway still I agreed. know it's a podcast but everyone knows that you literally
0: just <laughs> didn't put your fingers over your lips as you smeared it across your face like it's easy right. no in the it's world. just you fucking yeah <laughs> so
1: and then to to go from that to you know dancing and him being like oh I don't want to dance and she's like no you dance because this is like she's trying to get him to uh, you know, not be a little fucking fascist shithead by reminding him why we live, you know, what are the things we're yeah, celebrating about life and culture, and, um,
0: you know, fun and dancing and love. Yeah and, yeah.
1: and I love that they, they, they don't end the scene there. You know, they show them he's dancing on the chair and everything. And then the camera pans up and it shows Elsa in the attic still like completely mm-hmm. trapped and cut off from even that much yeah. human interaction. And you're just, it's just like, Oh my God, this is so fucking good. Um, But I, I love how that scene starts because it starts with Hitler at the table with them. (laughs) <laughs> and and he's sort of they're, they're like when she's like I hope the war ends soon and they're like what like they both slam their <laughs> fists on the table but it, and then it gets to the point where uh, he's going to start eating the food that he's not supposed to and that's when Hitler's kind of like oh I think I'm actually going to get up and, and, and like he did, he's like afraid of the, the conflict that's going to happen yeah, between yeah. them he's like, so he go. shows himself out but then as he walks away he kind of like, <laughs> like gives a fucking stink eye to the mom like he's just like i'm watching you (laughs) it's yeah yeah so so all these little fucking details that make that the the whole the whole scene um have so much you know so much humor and impact and and heartbreak uh and just you know whether you grew up with a single mother or not like you you feel that you feel that relationship
0: which i did and i'm you know yeah for sure it's definitely um it, 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 yeah, no, it, it was it was it was it was real. It was a very real uh, portrayal, and I, and Tyka obviously you know experienced that himself, so he brought that real understanding to it. Uh, but you know, it, it's just funny. You reminded me in that moment. It's another reason why he's like Mel Brooks. He's the, like the funniest part of his fucking movies. Like that because Mel Brooks also would do that, where he'd show up for you know five minutes in in a movie in like Blazing Saddles as the governor and Spaceballs as fucking yogurt. Like, and he's the funniest part of the movie. And Tyka is... Every fucking scene he's in just steals the scene until he's off the screen. And then, and then you can kind of focus again on every other, you know, yeah. great aspect of the scene. But if it, it's amazing for someone who's such a, 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 a prolific writer and director to also be that funny of a comedic actor. It's like, this dude is, you know, he's only done, like, three or four films. It's like, I can't, I can't wait to see the shit that he does in his career now. Like, it's just... Well, he started we, I, late, know, too. He didn't com-
1: he didn't even make a short film till he was in his late thirties. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> like that's crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or maybe. Yeah, little, what little we do in the shadows but...
0: is tremendous. By the way, for anyone that hasn't seen that movie, oh, amazing man. fucking satire. It's shot like a British kind of like you know. Uh, like mockumentary like it's it's a mockumentary basically but it's shot like like a really like like a british reality show basically yeah. um where, where where it's just this guy and his flatmate who happen to be vampires and like there's like a group of werewolves who they don't like and they feud with each other but it's like just very it's very british in its sensibility and it, it's really fucking funny and and and, I, and I smart would, and like yeah i mean it is is
1: it does take it does take place in England, but I feel like the humor is almost even more New Zealand. Like, it is very...
0: Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to
1: say it's droll, but it's just very... the Like, the the painful awkwardness of situations Dry. is yeah. what he loves. He loves that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his character in Thor Ragnarok 2... Uh, not Thor Ragnarok 2, but also As well. Thor <laughs> Ragnarok also. His character, like, is all about those weird little awkward moments that make things funny. Mm. Uh, and And to do that and to have it translate in a film also means you got to have some fucking flawless comedic editing to know exactly where to tell the joke and where to cut to the reaction to the joke. And you're talking you know microseconds, 24 frames a second, 24 different places you can cut to make it funny or not funny. And sometimes knowing exactly where that cut is, or where it needs to be makes mm-hmm. all the fucking difference. That's,
0: that's comedies live and die in the editing room. That's 100 percent accurate. Like it's yeah. just if you don't if you don't cut a movie right, you have the funniest fucking cast, funniest script in the world, and it's gonna fucking fall flat because it's all about how characters react in the scene, how cuts, you know, add to the humor of it, it It's so important to have that, you know, down 100. percent. Absolutely. Um, well, speaking of just an amazingly cut together comedy scene, and it's only like a minute and a half, but the scene where the Gestapo show up to 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 to, oh. to search his house, <laughs> fucking so so good. Again, Steve, Stephen Merchant, just, like the head Gestapo, uh, yeah, it, it just uh, he, so uh, Taika said he. So there's 31 Heil Hitlers in that in that like minute and a half sequence, and you know Taika was like, yeah, you know, I just really wanted to show how. Uh, I forget the exact quote, but he basically just wanted to show how ridiculous Nazi protocols were, because you did have to Heil Hitler, everyone that you, you know, encountered that was another uh, ranking officer or any any kind of a... Uh, military personnel, you had to you had to Heil Hitler each other. So you know, just think about how inefficient that would be. Oh God! you, know, every well, time we you see go it in that scene, <laughs> just, Sam Rockwell comes in, Hitler, Heil Hitler, high Hitler. Like oh. and, and, and by the end, like Rockwell's like line read on that. By the end, he's like, Hitler, like, Heil like, he's just so funny, like the way he just like gets tired halfway through having to Heil Hitler each one of them.
1: Oh, God. The favorite joke was. <laughs> When he's talking about, you know, trashing the house and everything, it's like, you wouldn't believe all the inane calls we get. Oh, there's a communist hiding behind my refrigerator. And then it turns out it's just mold. So basically the same. (laughs) (laughs) Just love that fucking joke. (coughs) Basically, you know, he's, you know, contrasting the Nazis with, you know, what's the opposite of Nazis? The communists. And who
0: would the Nazis hate the most? The communists. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and... So Stephen Merchant, uh, who's like the head Gestapo, he's a great uh, British character actor in a lot of – you you mentioned he was in Logan, but he's in in a million uh, British comedies. And he um, said he imagined members of the Gestapo, like his character, as uh, quite petty bureaucrats who prior to the war received little respect and during the war let power go to their heads, which is like the perfect – describe a a description of that portrayal. Like, it's just, they're just, like, petty little, like, kind of, like, you know, fucking...
1: (laughs) Uh, like, health inspectors that (laughs) suddenly now have the uh, the power to torture people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I I just thought, you know, that scene was incredible. And then Sam Rockwell coming in, and clearly, you know, going to meet with uh with scarlet and it's like well why are you here and he's like i just had a flat tire and i was gonna drop off some brochures for the kid and he worked like it was like at that that was when you really were like oh no okay yeah he's 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 working with with her and he's working against the nazis um right right
1: well and then with the passport too that's when you really if you hadn't picked up on it any other time now it's completely obvious that he is at least protecting them because he knows them, if not other reasons.
0: Yeah, because Elsa, Elsa, I think, is like, oh, I, I said the wrong wrong year, but he he he, you know, he let me go or whatever, or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, she says the date wrong, um, but then the worry is how long until the Gestapo figures mm, it out. Figure it and, out and did that in fact become the reason that his mom gets captured and killed.
0: Yeah. That's very possible, and right. that's, and they never yeah.
1: really say that. But it's it's like the when he comes in with that knife and he stabs her, but like half-heartedly and it doesn't really do mm-hmm. anything. Like you could tell it like broke the skin a little bit, but that was it. Like his heart wasn't. You there, yeah. you get the sense that like he thinks it's possible that, <laughs> that that mistake is what killed his mom, but like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because this is a fucking war, and these people will, you know, they when they're in the swimming pool, and he's like, well, what happens if I turn it into Jew? He's like, well, they'll kill the Jew. Uh, and anyone else who helped the Jew, and because we live in paranoid times, probably anyone else that even heard about the Jew, <laughs> it's where you're just kind of like, okay, now we, you know, like he knows what this all is. He knows what the game is, and then I, I love well, that. Yeah, the, a, as they're sort of talking, Rebel Wilson over here is it, and like, no, it's true. They have mind powers. It happened to my uncle. He got very drunk and cheated on his wife with his uh, with with his aunt or with his, with my aunt or whatever
0: it was, and it was all the Jews' fault. And he was like, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, but but and that line reads differently a second time when you realize Rockwell's in on it the whole time because you're like he's he knows that this kid is like conflict conflicted and right wrestling with it and he's trying to discourage him by saying like no they'll they'll kill your fucking mom kid like don't do it like right. he, but, which you don't realize in that moment you I, I think at the first time because it's before you kind of realize what he's he's up to or that he's involved it's like oh he's just you know matter of factly reciting it but his character takes on a very different tinge I think the second time it, you it watch does. it does
1: yeah well and just watch <clears> watch Scarlett johansson really close too because when you know he says oh i heard uh, my my dead sister's ghost upstairs and he, she he, she's like oh that's terrible that you've gone crazy <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's like you know she yeah, you, yeah. you know that she knows he knows but she has to keep pretending that she doesn't mm-hmm. know that he knows that she you know and, and then like the very next scene is her and you see her out of focus, and she's in the bathtub, soaking with just her hand on her head, like, "Oh my fucking god, what am I gonna do?" <laughs> and you realize the weight of of what stress she has is is vastly more than you thought it was the first time you watched mm-hmm. the film.
0: Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. And you know, the moments that really, the moment that really got to me emotionally was was towards the end, where you know, after the Allies take over, and you see JoJo. Uh, running through the streets, and obviously, Rebel Wilson puts the jacket on him, so he's like, Here, so they know who you are. Oh my God. Um, and, Which is <laughs> preposterous. fucking straps their grenade to the back of the kid. <laughs> Go hug them. Go hug him. Uh She's but,
1: fucking um, like fucking child suicide bombered that kid. Yeah, no, I know. She's she's She laughs in the movie. <laughs>
0: But, um, but the, but the really like the beautiful scene that comes next is when he kind of gets captured by one of the allies and they take, they take him to this, this little pen where they've kind of rounded up all the Nazis and Rockwell, you know, kind of, it's like, ah, oh, it's all right. We lost buddy. It's that, you know, he really kind of gives him this nice little pep talk. And then like really quick, he just rips the jacket off of him and, you know, he's like, oh, run, run, And he, and he starts, you know, saying, get out of here, Jew. And he like spits on him and it, it's just this really affecting moment, because you're like, oh, shit. Like, you know, it, it, I, I just, I don't know. For whatever reason, that moment really got to me. I thought that was a really, you know, a nice culmination for his character, because he knew what was about to happen, obviously. He didn't right. think they were going to be taking he, his POWs. He knew
1: that they were all going to be executed, and he knew that, you know, they could, this kid's 10, but he's wearing the jacket. Like, they could just grab him kill him, too. Like, he knew he was going to get killed no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And And by getting that kid out of there, he... Was trying to save his life any way he could, but uh, and then it doesn't paint the allies in a very positive light. No, too, and, and, like and that just... that
0: happened during the war. I mean, yeah. fucking war is atrocious, and we've we've committed atrocities from the beginning of time, founding of our country, and World War II is you know no different. I think people like to look at that as like a justified war, and you can make arguments that our involvement was certainly more justified than almost any other war we've been involved in, but. That doesn't... No,
1: it, we did so many terrible... I mean, the, the, the firebombing yeah. of Dresden... Oh, God. You know, we, we killed yeah. 50,000 50, civilians in one night. Yeah. Uh, there was no military targets there. It was purely a war of attrition. Not, um, and nothing
0: we do is ever... Yeah, we, we, we never engage under proper, you know, rules of combat, yeah. even as as, sli- as uh, they were, narrow as um, they are.
1: There were opportunities for, for the Allies to bomb the rail lines that that led to the death camps, and they, like, repeatedly...
0: Wouldn't do it, yeah, right. Which is like, like, why? <laughs> why was not, should, not like to like mention how, the how, fact that <laughs> that Japan was defeated by the time we dropped the first atomic bomb, let alone the second atomic bomb, and yeah. we had no justification or reason to do it other than the fact that we made it and we wanted to basically, yeah, it, wanted it was it was basically Russians. pulling our dicks out and being like, hey, look, look at what we can do. Like it was. Yeah. A, a, an unspeakable atrocity that we committed during did you, World War II, um, so. did
1: you see that uh, that uh, uh, tank battle movie that Brad Pitt was in? No, I want to watch that
0: fury i haven 't seen yeah, that yeah,
1: that was really fucking good because it really went into some dark places of what these american hero guys are are capable of hmm. uh, it, it's i mean it 's definitely like not a great work of art um, is you know it's a bunch of guys in a tank and it's not, like, a bunch of, like, rah-rah America bullshit. If anything, if you probably would show this to a lot of fucking pro-military, pro-America guys, and they wouldn't hate this movie for what yeah. it really shows, <laughs> who these people turn into, um, but it's still a really fucking entertaining uh, movie, and, you know, it's tank battles. It's like tanks shooting other tanks from, like, at very close proximity, and, like, what that would really fucking look and sound like, and, and in that respect, it's pretty fucking mm. cool, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's, like, the middle... It's like a movie within a movie, where they liberate the city, uh, and then they all expect favors from the locals, and they're all a bunch of fucking, you know, agro tank guys who take a shining to the young women in this town and mm. expect favors for liberating it, and and where that goes, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, where
0: it's gone historically, uh, you know, obviously we can dig right. back to. All the fucking towns we, uh, and, you know, played villages we liberated in Vietnam by, uh, you know, pillaging and raping and massacring uh, their civilians. But, um, yeah, and you know, and another moment that really got to me now that we're kind of talking about the end was was the the last scene. You know, after after the after Berlin's liberated and they walk outside and um, you know, and 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 Elsa says to him like, "What are we going to do now?" Or maybe I, I forget which one says it, but I think maybe Jojo says it. Uh, to her like what are we going to do now and then you hear David Bowie's uh, German version of Heroes kick in and and even though it's obviously you know it's anachronistic and (laughs) it's all came out like 30 years later it was just such for whatever reason that moment really got to me because you know the whole idea that his mom was trying to instill in him to break him out of this this fascist kind of hatred that he was indoctrinated with his whole life is just you know you're you're a fucking kid. Like, go dancing. Go experience life. And like, it, it was just, it was so beautiful to see that like, at, by the end of the movie, he he did understand that. Like, you know, it, sure. It,
1: well, and, and it's a lesson she's trying to teach him repeatedly. You know, when they the whole movie, yeah. When they have their little like their bike ride, you know, little little day holiday. Uh, that's the last time they're together. You know, and yeah, there's oh, wow. there's the scene where she's trying to express upon him, you know, this is this is not the world we're supposed to live in you're supposed to fall in love you're supposed to dance and he's like i don't have time for any of that we you know she's like no it's it's it'll it'll make you it'll make you stronger and he's like i'm pretty sure metal's the strongest thing followed by tnt and then muscles uh, and it's just like some of those like oh the which also reminds me of the line where Elsa says you're not a nazi he's like um i'm hugely into swastikas so pretty sure i'm a nazi i just fucking <laughs> love that line uh, but like he's fighting it, he's fighting that idea that you know that, that, that obviously because he's you know lost his sister and lost his father, he's trying to fill that hole up with something, right? And he's filling mm-hmm. up with the wrong things, and you know they're at this this um, stone bridge with this really long like like steep uh, stone stairway that goes up one side and down the other, um, and when she goes to tie his shoes because this is running joke, that he's ten and still can't tie his shoes. Uh, you know, she ties them together, and when he goes to walk, he falls <laughs> down. She's like, "What's wrong with you? Are you drunk? Are you si-? you know?" And then she yeah. starts walking away, and he's like, "Mama, mama!" And she's like, jokingly leaving him behind, going up these stairs. But you watch it again, realize it's like a visual metaphor for her, her leaving him behind because she's going to die soon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, no, I mean... Th-
1: and it, like, when you go back and you realize that, it, it makes, you're just like, don't go up those stairs, don't go up those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love that that's, I mean, that the scene's not done right then. It's, it kind of goes on a little bit. And, and I love that it ends with them riding their bikes, and you you see this truck come back with all these wounded soldiers, right? After we had seen a similar truck leaving with the the asshole kid making fun of him, you know, yeah. calling him Jojo Rabbit. And you kind of hoped that, like, he never come came back, like, that kid got killed, <laughs> But you know, you see these guys coming back, they're all busted up, and she's she says, Welcome home boys, now go kiss your mothers you know, and that's like the last line she has in yeah. a movie. Uh, and we see her briefly later on passing out the leaflets, but then that's that's it. You know, we that's she's gone from us, right? So to to see that the you know, their bike ride was the last time they are together and then at the you know, almost the very end when he's reviewing all of his, his horrible images of Jews that he drew. Uh, and then he gets to that page where it's not clear if he drew it or if Elsa drew it, the mm-hmm. picture of him and his mom riding the bikes together. Like That's the moment that I fucking cry at every oh, fucking so time good. now. So <laughs> and
0: I've watched so it four
1: good. times, and that's the moment where I just fucking lose it now.
0: Starting to think uh, this Taiko Waititi guy knows a thing or two about screenwriting. No, the reason
1: Scarlett Johansson got injo- involved with it because apparently uh, Chris Hensworth had read the whole thing. And he was talking to people about it, like you got to read this fucking script. That that was he
0: reading because he wanted a a part in it, or no, 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 no. I don't think that
1: was it. I think it was just that you know, because Chris Hemsworth's got a really fucking dark sense of humor too. He does, yeah. Really, he. I think he's starting to produce
0: movies too, so that might have been something he 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 just
1: he gets comedy, you know, and he knows it's like okay, there's a certain way you can tell a joke to make it hilarious, and this script had a ton of it, and he was when they were, uh, when they were whatever whatever Marvel property they were working on at the time. Uh, Probably Ragnarok. Uh, well, there Scar- oh, yeah. Scar- Scarlett Johansson is not in that, but it was basically on set at one of the films they were on. And yeah, it was okay. like, oh, you've got to read this this Nazi script that mm-hmm. Tyke has written because it's <laughs> fucking amazing. And she read it and was like, yeah, I want to play the mom basically, and I I can play whatever I want because I'm Scarlett fucking Johansson. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> yeah, um, what was I was gonna say, but yeah, and, and yeah, uh, it's just incredible. And we should say by the way, this movie. Uh was Fox Searchlight, but Fox Searchlight was actually bought by Disney before this movie came out. So technically, this movie was a Disney movie. It was distributed by Disney, which is <laughs> fucking uh, hilarious, uh, given the content. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, yeah, I'm I'm glad that some, some stuff like that managed to survive the, the merger. Because, uh, you know, you, oh, you, yeah. you, you could see Disney coming in and trying to kill a movie like this, because it's not... Or just
1: take take a scalpel to it and start cutting the you know, cutting the soul out of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Or trying to water down these jokes. I mean, just just the when she's oh again Rebel Wilson, she's fucking, so good in this movie. when she when she slaps that grenade onto the back of the kid and when she gives the when <laughs> she gives the gun to the the fucking to his, his fat best friend. She's like, "Here, you've been promoted. You have your own gun now. Just go <laughs> shoot anyone that doesn't look like us." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, again, <laughs> mocking the insane ideology of, of Nazis, right? And, yeah. and Nazis were already an, almost a satire, uh, you know, like the satire, if it is just an exaggeration uh, of what's true, you know, there, there really there was no more exaggerated form of, of nationalism and white supremacy than the, than the Nazi party. So uh, it just to you know how do you satirize that? Just take it just a little bit further for you know comedic effects and have child soldiers get involved. <laughs> no,
0: it's, de- it's definitely the gold standard for, uh, for for psychotic white nationalism and you know uh, yeah just like yeah yeah. And um, it, it, it's
1: still like the, the 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 awfulness of that is tempered by seeing that like oh yeah this is actually awful and all the people still left fighting are just regular people. The, the, mm-hmm. the German shepherds <laughs> are there. <laughs> uh, you know, and you see a bunch of people that are, that are clearly civilians and they're laying in pools of blood. Um, so, yeah, the, the idea that this movie was softening what war is or softening the, the, the awfulness of Nazis, like, it's just not true. No it's, no. it's showing how regular
0: people got caught up in something that they wanted no part of. Um, well, and the in the great satirists of of you know of modern times understand that the only way to take the power away from these people is to show them for the fucking <laughs> jokes that they really are. Like when you when you make the Nazis look like this unstoppable you know uh, juggernaut in a film, like y- yes, in some you know aspects it's historically accurate, but you're really you're you're not focusing on the things about them that were fucking ridiculous. That would make people be like, oh, that, why would I ever join a group that fucking is so you know uh so pedantic when it comes to like their their greetings and it's like preposterous like to show the preposterous nature of them is it takes it takes their power away and that's the whole point of satire and i think that's like you know what the people who didn't like this movie really missed out on like i don't understand one of my
1: favorite things about uh ray fines portrayal of the fucking the really awful nazi death camp uh, labor camp guy uh, in Schindler's list was mm. you know he, he has all this power can pick anyone out of a line and kill them or have sex with them whenever he wants to and he's you know just just out of boredom uh, drunken boredom is got a sniper rifle and just randomly shooting people uh, from his 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 mansion up on this hill but after Oscar Schindler kind of talks to him and like undermines his his confidence like he can't like he still wants to be awful, but he can't, and he, he's like he plays on his insecurity, of of not being able to be this powerful figure that he wanted to be. Uh, yeah. So clearly, that movie's not satire, but there are there's some
0: moments where he's he's struggling. But Spielberg with, even understands the concept. Yeah, yeah,
1: he understood that. Like there is still some humor in this absolute monster <laughs> wrestling with the fact that like he he might still have a conscience and where that where the comedy in that lies. Uh, so yeah, I mean there you go
0: yeah yeah um and and just by the way speaking of, of of you know we talked about mel brooks earlier mel brooks uh in his speech at the afi Awards, says uh, i just saw jojo rabbit and it's a really terrific and eloquent and beautiful picture so he 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 gets it too like he he yeah i think he understands what taika was trying to do and it was very much in the vein of what he's done his whole career um But yeah, and and, you know, another thing I mentioned earlier is the music, and I I love, and I'm going to bookend, obviously, this episode with uh, the same songs that the movie bookends itself with, uh, uh, opens with the uh, German version of I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles, which is fucking tremendous, and you know, as you mentioned, used to kind of juxtapose the kind of rise of, of, of this radical you know, right wing fascist, uh, you know, right wing populism, like this kind of like, you know, rallying people around this uh, national identity and this hatred of others. Um, But how 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 easy it is for for mass groups of people to get caught up in any kind of mass movement like that. Oh,
1: yeah. it's, It's hysteria. Like yeah, yeah, the Beatles were good, but are they
0: you know good enough to shit you your shouldn't... pants in the aisles and screech like no. no, that? Like yeah.
1: you they have a human stampede and crush people to death? That you're that? <laughs> fu- it's like no, you don't like. What, it's just that 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 hysteria, oh. hmm. um, and, and and really showing that like you know not everyone who was into it was into. <laughs> killing
0: innocent people it's just that 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 zeitgeist to like well it's the, it's fucking sweeping the nation fuck look at after <laughs> nine i mean this is gonna be controversial to compare the two but look at look at nine eleven 11 and, and in the the, the 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 year after nine eleven in america like the fucking national fervor and the fucking i remember all the fucking flag the flags in the on the car windows and like the the bumper stickers and like the you know, running people out of fucking public life for daring to talk about what a fucking liar and piece of shit George Bush was. Hell oh, yeah! I like mean, the Dixie never, Chicks never fucking recovered from the, that. Even you know? the Dixie Chicks were. It was just
1: like, <clears throat> nope, you can't even have them. They didn't even say it in America. They said it like while they were in another country. Oh well, no, that was even
0: <laughs> worse to the fucking the chuds. Like they're like they were criticizing Bush on foreign soil. This is, <laughs> it, it, that hurts our troops' morale. Like fuck off. Yeah,
1: that's stolen valor. You go over and sing a song about a, you know disrespecting the
0: president on foreign soil. Yeah, so I'm really glad that that we're not that collectively stupid as a country at any. Well, well we we still are. we are, we are to some extent, we just, but it's we haven't not, had another awful thing on that level. Oh we yeah, never that, had the, the second that the you know. second something like that happens again, that'll be immediate. Like at liberal, I mean, already liberals fucking love Republicans and can't wait to fucking heap praise on any kind of yeah. shit. You know shit lord that just happens to not like trump. i mean fucking mike bloomberg is a i know this is so not on topic but mike bloomberg is a perfect fucking example uh he's basically trump but he doesn't do mean tweets so liberals are fucking fine with him as long as they get the person out of the white house who you know uh, upsets their sensibilities like sure. it, it's just it's just sure. unfucking real and, and then
1: 4 years later they won't remember what they didn't like about Trump. Because yeah, has, no, it'd be like, well, you know,
0: Trump's not as bad have, compared to Stephen Miller. Like, Stephen Miller's the real, right. you know. I, I long for the days of Donald Trump. Like, that'll be with the shit that they say. It's like... And they're the same people that uh, will
1: say you're not allowed to make jokes about Hitler. You know, it's just this this fucking schism yeah. where they they don't remember the thing that's bad. It just becomes a brand to them, and they don't think it can happen again. But the way it happens, again, is by not ridiculing the people that are, you know, potentially next in
0: line to be the next Hitler, if we're not careful, you know. So... Michael yeah. Bloomberg has more fucking sexual assault allegations against him than Donald Trump. Just let that sink in for a second. He has... Trump has 40. I, Bloomberg well, also has... F- I don't know well. if they
1: were all assaults
0: as much as they were um, I, Excuse me. Sexual harassment. Yeah, no. Yeah. I should, I should correct of, that so I can't Sexual harassment. Um... Versus Bloomberg, who has 40, but by 64 different women. So, like, he's the same fucking person. He's a fucking out of touch elitist billionaire, uh, authoritarian, you know, who, who's had right wing sure. economic and domestic, you know, policies well, or, you know, foreign policies. This gets life. back to
1: the whole difference between mockery and satire. I mean, the people that are on SNL mocking Trump uh, would probably not engage in actual satire because they don't see that there is a systemic immorality that needs to be mocked and satirized, right? They see, you know, the problem here is just his his personal character flaws. They don't see a a systemic problem, right? They don't see uh, that having another billionaire run for president as a Democrat is also a policy failure. They don't see that there is a failure of policy there, right? So it's not necessary that people don't get satire, in, in, in if especially with a film like this it's not they don't get it, it's that they don't see the, the function of satire for something like this, they it's don't see that it's, I mean, it's, the, it's the tool of satire that undermines the next fascist
0: from getting power Ironically the two head writers of uh, SNL two major dipshits, Colin Jost and Michael Che, uh, Colin Jost is actually married to Scarlett Johansson, so it's extra bad that he doesn't oh, understand know. these things I know, That's um, so funny
1: well I'll tell you what uh, it, and Michael the, the fascists yeah. fascists that are seeking power they know the power of satire because they're the ones that are going to try to clamp it down and make sure you can't do it <laughs> right yeah, and, yeah. and even of course 100%. you know when you look at like the, the the some of the funnier tweets the president has he's got I'm sure Trump has a whole team of writers that work on that kind of shit for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Or even when Brad Pitt has a stupid joke about um, the fucking impeachment hearing that he whips out at the Oscars. Like, he didn't write that himself. He had a fucking writer do Probably that for not. him. And that's why yeah. it was such a bad joke, too, by the way. Sorry, Brad, but it yeah, was it's not good. Um. good. <laughs> now,
0: still, though, I, I am glad that his ex-girlfriend, his ex-wife's joke was way funnier from from his uh, Golden Globe speech. Was it? I I don't remember what yeah. it was, but I, or he I joked uh, about I, how, how much of it. Yeah. I, I love that,
1: you know, his character did get, you know, he got a, a, an award for his character from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time that I was, like, struggling to figure out what was my favorite film of the year. You know, like, who deserved Best mm-hmm. Picture between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and this film, Jojo Rabbit. But I love that both films uh, in, involve Nazis getting killed. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a good year uh, with the top hey, two. fried sauerkraut. <laughs> 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 so good. Uh, you know it's a good year in cinema when you've got the two top best films uh you know featuring Nazis getting wiped out. It's good. Th- good times.
0: Oh, always fun for sure. Um yeah. So, but yeah, so I, and but I, what, what I was getting to with the with the Beatles thing is like the the use of that and then the use of the German heroes version of heroes at the end. It's actually a thing like the Beatles recorded a couple songs um She Loves You also in, in German. It was a big thing in the sixties and seventies to record like big hits in different languages. Cause it was like the, that I guess the notion back then was like, people wouldn't listen to it in those countries unless it was in their native language, which probably is not accurate. I mean, the, you know, the Beatles were worldwide mega stars in every fucking country. And like, but it's just a funny little, you know, quirk of, of sixties and seventies pop sure, music is that you'll, sure. there's a lot of like German versions of, of like popular well, songs.
1: I think it's more common in other countries too, though. Like for Americans, we, we wouldn't watch a dubbed film, mm. right? We watch a movie with subtitles. Like the idea that you would put, you know, have actors speaking their native language and then have someone else overdub over it is weird to Americans. Like we, we want to read our foreign films, not listen to somebody else overdub it. But in other <laughs> countries, they don't do subtitles, they do dubbing. Right. So doing voice Mm -hmm. work as as like a a dubbing uh, actor is a big deal. Um, The only thing that Americans watch that's dubbed is like anime, which is if you're listening, if you're watching any anime, it's in English. It's been dubbed from the original version. And you Mm -hmm. um, sure have seen anime where the dubbing's really bad. And it's like just like the words they're saying does not match the the lip reading. Um, One huge exception. Some of the early Godzilla films, too, were awful, like dubbing. Oh, yeah. No, those those were were <laughs> really bad. <laughs> but, you, you know, you would think that with a cartoon, you can get away with more. Um, but you'd be uh-huh. amazed how many uh-huh. bad ones there are. Cowboy Bebop is actually an amazingly well-dubbed, uh, you know, I, like I didn't even notice it. I didn't know much about anime when that first came around to the U.S. in like 1999, 2001
0: or so. Mm-hmm. But thanks to Adult Swim. But, um, yeah, really well done. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought the music selection was great in this movie, um, obviously, as, as I mentioned. Anachronistic, but just really worked for the vibe of the film. Uh, same with the Tom Waits song, obviously. None, none of these songs are contemporary at the time, but they just it, it didn't at all feel out of place. Like It just worked with the tone of the movie uh, perfectly, I thought. It does.
1: Well, and Bowie's Heroes is and one that, of those songs that just has such a emotional impact of its own. You can drop it in anywhere, and it's going to get the job done, right? Um, yeah. The the one other Oscar that was the, winner, that, that, yeah, that uh, used David Bowie's heroes at the end of it was um, the Cove, which won best documentary feature about the 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 Cove in Japan where they kill all the dolphins, uh, and there's lines in the song about dolphins too, so it fits even better. <laughs> but the the, the <laughs> final shot of that is just the tracking shot oh, following yeah. these this pod of dolphins. It's like racing underneath this boat. For a good minute, two minutes or so, uh, and the song plays with that, and finally the credits come up. But uh, just, you know, re- really well done, and, and not that every every director should go out there and use the same song, but, uh, you know, I think when you when you do the work to get to the point where that is earned, then, yeah, then, yeah, then it works.
0: Yeah, no, and I, I, the movie definitely earned its usage of that, and obviously in an interesting way. Um, ironically, actually, it's something I think that he might've picked up from Mel Brooks doing that, like, anachronistic, um, songs and period pieces, because he does that in Blazing Saddles, like, several times. Like, when, like, when they're singing, uh, you know, they're singing, like, their work songs, they start to sing, like, uh, I, I forget, it's, like, a Nat King Cole song or something, but it's supposed to be, like, you know, the 1800s, but it, it just worked in that moment, uh, to, to, uh, in that scene, so I, I I wonder how much of that he he kind of you know learned from that. Um, but I it just really incredible film. Um, I'm so glad it won best uh, adapted screenplay. It was adapted from a book apparently. I I wasn't you know familiar Very with that before. Very yeah. it, it seems loosely. It does not seem like you
1: know. Well, it wasn't a comedy. The only thing similar was that there was a girl in the attic, right? And the kid learns about it. There's no imaginary best friend. You know, of, of Hitler. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, none Hitler. of that. None of that. Oh, wow.
0: So it's go- almost essentially it, it's a fully... Virtually story. a yeah.
1: original script. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Huh. Well, Wow, that's, <coughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but um, so I'm, I'm really glad he, he got that. He, I, I'm really excited to see what uh, he's working on next. I, I saw, actually, as I was kind of reading through headlines before we came on air, that he's working on a comedy uh, series with Jude Law as the lead, which could be really interesting. I like a mini-series, because uh, Jude Law is fucking great. And was that, like, really low-key hilarious in The Young Pope in the first... I haven't seen the new season, but the first season, like, he's really good in that show. He was, yeah. I've actually been waiting for the whole season to come out, and yeah, I'm going to watch I'm gonna binge the second season, because mm-hmm. I don't
1: know if I would get into it as much. yeah um, mm. Watching it week after week, as I did with the first season of that where I did binge the whole thing uh, and, and thought it was pretty amazing, um, yeah, especially because really. like the <coughs> they set you up to not like his character at all uh, mm-hmm. and and when you finally do, you realize that like the whole time they were sort of sort of manipulating you to to really be at odds with his character um, and it makes it his transition as a character as like the asshole pope to like the empathetic pope seem more plausible. You know because a lot of people I think you'd watch it and, you know, and are, are devout Catholics and they're going to love him no matter what, right, so they wouldn't necessarily see the same arc right mm-hmm. but they they go out of their way to make him just a terrible, awful person <laughs> so that so that whether you are devout or you know faithless, you're on the same page where you're just like i don't fucking like this guy. Right, <laughs> uh, they spend like the first five episodes making you not like him, and you're like, "Where's this going?" You know. So when they when they the, you, get th- there,
0: that, the whole thing, I did not, un- I, I had no idea where it was fucking going, and then there's yeah. a kangaroo fucking roaming around the vat. It's just like, "What is this? What is this fucking show?" Uh, but yeah, Rhinoctopus. octopus, great. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that, that. By the way, that show also had one of the great jump scares of all time, where he drops the fucking baby. I was like, <gasps> like, like everyone in that moment, like, you know. <laughs> Michael, Jack- we're, we're Michael the Jackson's
1: hospital. a baby dangler. What
0: can you do? Yeah, <laughs> um, God. yeah, good, good shit. Just, but, I just um, showed my age with that reference. No, yeah, I remember. <laughs> just, 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 fucking yeah, that, that was that was the peak of like crazy Michael. That was like a second fucking pedophilia trial where he was like, yeah, dangling his baby off of a fucking bow. Ba- oh, Jesus Christ. Never, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into that, but <laughs> <laughs> never look at that guy we again here, the we after, should probably uh, wrap yeah, up this no. podcast. Um yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, incredible film, um, highly recommend if you haven't seen it, although, why are you still listening if you haven't seen it, <laughs> Uh yeah, you, incredible th- film. People just like our voices, sometimes they just yeah, I know, I know, I, 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 yeah, we've, we've. we've, we've It's happened enough times where people have said that, where I'm just like, wow, man, I just, I don't know why you wouldn't, eh, but whatever. That's kind of a huge
1: compliment that you're willing to listen to us all movies that you haven't seen. (laughs) You'd rather listen to us than watch a movie that's that good. Go see this fucking movie if you haven't
0: seen it, though. 100%. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, really great. Um, Yeah, all right. Well, that basically does it for us this week. Um, Definitely come back and listen to our political podcast if you like what you hear on this show. We do a uh, Socialist Talk podcast every week uh, on Thursday nights. Uh, This week should be interesting because I believe Wednesday is the debate for the Nevada caucus. uh, And Saturday is the actual Nevada caucus. Which is actually, you know, to their... And caucuses are fucking stupid and I'm ready to jettison them into the sun. But I like the fact that they're letting people vote on a Saturday where more people at least will have the day off. Obviously, a lot of people still work on Saturday, but... Hmm. You know, it, 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 Tuesday is a fucking preposterous day to have voting. Like, it truly and, you know, is. It, it it really is ridiculous the fact that we don't have national holidays and local holidays for primary. Like, it's just preposterous. But, um, but it's it's built in. It's built into the system. They don't want people to vote because then their shitty candidates get to fucking squeak by and buy their way into power. So. Um, yeah, but if you're in Nevada, go out and vote. Vote for fucking Bernie. I mean, what are you doing if you're not voting for Bernie? Just I, um, I don't know.
1: I, I just before we went on air, uh, somebody posted a picture of fucking Jack Black uh, wearing this a killed, this killed my soul. Wearing a T-shirt of Mount Rushmore with all the presidents on there with Liz Warren's head, Pocahontas herself, Liz Warren. It we was just bad for multiple reasons. It's just it's like who.
0: Thought that was a good. Idea. Are they trying to make her look even worse? It, to number one, people? it's like that's like delivery That's like the the Marcos dickhead delivering, you know, ten thousand flowers to Pelosi level cringe. But also the the, the as you mentioned the fucking uh, the, the the disgusting slap in the face further to to Indigenous people because the Mount Mount Rushmore was built into the into the Black Hills, which was a sacred uh, site for the Lakota and for other people in that area, and it's like. To to put her face on there is just so even, fitting, you know. Just uh, and I
1: guarantee it was somebody on her campaign that came up with that, and oh, yeah, everyone everyone was course. like, "Uh,
0: don't say I don't want to be the one to say it, so I'm just gonna <laughs> keep my hand down, not fucking There's, saying it." Honestly, with the level of idiots that I've that have worked for a campaign, I don't think maybe one person thought that and didn't think to speak up, but most of them were like, "Oh yeah, that's great. Let's oh, yeah yeah." You know, like I bet you half of them didn't even realize the significance of that of that. You know, if that's true. I love it.
1: I love that that's their campaign. It's just like blindly blundering over and over and over. And then everyone's like, I don't understand why she's doing so bad. Like, good. I hope you never learn that. Keep making the same fucking mistakes.
0: Yeah. I mean, seriously, did they, those people, (laughs) did they watch her fucking disgusting speech after she uh, didn't get a single fucking delegate in New Hampshire and she spent it fucking trying to uh, slander? bernie and his supporters for no reason like you, you're fucking you tanked your own fucking campaign because you're an idiot and you have terrible political instincts and you listen to the worst fucking cast-offs from the obama and clinton campaigns and rather than bow out with grace and save some of your political goodwill that you've earned over your career uh by endorsing bernie you decided to fucking just go full fucking hillary and just completely yep. torpedo you're gonna jettison that you that into the sun
1: like he said
0: <laughs> he, I mean, he, and I, and again, I, you know, he, I think he was wrong for doing this, but he was looking into making her VP and Secretary of Treasury. Like they literally had their team look into whether or not legally you could do that. Yeah, and it turns out you could. They said that. I don't know if that's really true. But I, I mean, who knows? But but, but rate, again, we'll, she's we'll totally butchering any this chance on our of that. But, yeah. political
1: podcast, if you like. What you hear with this, we'll do more of this. Uh, on uh, your usually Thursdays is when we record our yeah. political cast.
0: And on Saturday, I will be in Boston at a party with a massive Elizabeth Warren supporter. So I will be in a probably in a very good mood, although we may come to blows. We'll we'll see. Uh, because <laughs> the caucus, uh, if polling is any indication, knock on wood, uh, and if they don't fucking cheat it, which they're going to, uh, it seems like even if they do cheat it. Bernie looks like he's running away with it in Nevada. So, you know, let's see what happens. Obviously, everyone go out and fucking caucus and canvas and everything you can in Nevada if you're out there. But um, I have a good feeling about, about what's going to happen If you Saturday. like
1: Jojo Rabbit and you're worried about the rise of Nazis and, and
0: no, it's fascists 100%, and yeah. all that,
1: if then you need to go out and support the guy. It's the total opposite of all that shit, and that's Bernie Sanders. Jewish... progressive wants to give everyone health care wants to give everyone a jobs guarantee the way you stop fascism is give everyone a fucking job make sure they're taken care of financially so they don't start scapegoating immigrants and people of different religions as being the thing that is their their
0: lot in life so
1: vote for Bernie Sanders if you'd like Jojo Rabbit
0: (laughs) it's right now at this point it's socialism or barbarism and you need to you know make that decision that's that's the two choices that we've been presented because of 40 years of failed neoliberal policies. So, uh, yeah, exactly. And Bernie lost, yeah. lost some of his family in the Holocaust. So I think he might've, you know, I don't know if you would appreciate this movie's humor, but like he, I, 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 I think he would, <laughs> he's a pretty funny guy. I think he would get it. Um, yeah, so uh, our uh, you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we can follow us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash Move Left. Um, we have a Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash Move Left Idiots. We are on uh, Patreon if you want to support the show that way, Patreon.com/slash Move Left. TinyURL.com/slash Move Left Merch if you want to pick up any merch. Uh, I am on Twitter at Move Underscore Left.
1: And I'm on Twitter at Bike Slutty.
0: Yep. We will see you next time.
2: Uns eine Chance, doch können wir sie dann für immer und immer und wir sind der Helden.